0: You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your Dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.
1: What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast, and on this week's edition of the three-team parlay, we are breaking down the Philadelphia Eagles' the Cleveland Browns, and the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of dynasty and fantasy goodness to chop up this week. But this week, I'm not alone. I got those two teams. I got the Jags. I got the Vikings out of the way. I know you missed Jerry on Wednesday, but it's a week without Jerry is like a week without sunshine. He is back on the show. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry, what's going on, buddy?
2: Nothing. That was fantastic. Listen,
1: it doesn't sun, the sun doesn't shine
2: much in Michigan anyway. So I'm sort of used to not being around that. But that was a a wonderful intro from a wonderful man. And I appreciate it. Um, I am glad I didn't have to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars or Minnesota. Sorry. So it actually worked out that I was working, working my life away. And uh, you got to deal with that
1: yeah it's, it, 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 it's fine it's fine everybody you know just thinks that I hate Gardner Minshew it, it is what it is man it is what it is I know he's got a sweet porn stash and a headband and, a, and drives like a 74 Camaro he wears jean shorts he looks kind of like a combination of Burt Reynolds from the original Longest Yard and Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite but that doesn't mean he can play quarterback in the NFL
2: no, uh, um, I, I saw I saw a tweet the other day that said, are we sure that he's not better than Kyler Murray? And I closed my Twitter app.
1: Nope, not today, devil. M- moving on. So again, uh, you heard it on Wednesday, but if you didn't happen to catch Wednesday's show, man, JD, a.k.a. at Goat District on Twitter from the Goat District Network of Podcast, he jumped on with me. Uh, we ranked the top 10 pending free agents, including Jerry's man crush, Juju. He's in there. Uh, it was a great show, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Going to work on that YouTube video. Like I said, on Wednesday's show, I recorded the first one on Saturday, but I did it with just my iPhone. I did it in an empty office at the, the facility in which I worked, and, and it just, it like I said on Wednesday, it was the drizzling shits. It was just not good, and I wasn't a fan. If, if you're hearing this on Friday, at some point between Friday and Saturday, there will, there will be a new Dynasty Hour uh, dynasty happy hour excuse me contractor uh, man i continue to do that i'm up to double digit weeks in a row it has been so much fun making you guys the listener the co-host of the show for a given week and just breaking down your roster man and having fun and jerry those reviews i saw you tweeted out a a, a screenshot of a review we got the other day
2: yeah the homie garrett came out firing um I just I like seeing it. It was it was what he said that he makes it. Our show makes him look at his dynasty rosters, you know, in it from a different perspective, and that's exactly what we try to do. That's I'm not going to sit here and tell you which players are good and which players aren't. You're in a dynasty league, which means you're a dork as it is with all this stuff, just like we are, you know, which players are good. I don't have to tell you, like you always say, I don't have to tell you what a two by four looks like a two by four, you know, damn well, what a two by four looks like. So that, that was awesome to see. And it's, you know, it's weird. Cause we just sit here and I just have a mic and I get to look at your face and I don't really understand the full impact that it happens. And then when you see stuff like that,
1: ah, warms my heart, man, dude, it's great. Some, you know, I posted one a couple of weeks ago, myself and, that, that's the whole reason for doing the show I, I love helping people i mean don't get me wrong i love talking to you and my other friends like kane fassell and nick whalen and kyle from the fellas and so many many more that we've had on this show throughout the years but at the end of the day man it's about helping it's about helping people it's always been that way for me and speaking of helping people man the patreon you guys just kicked off patreon four over there, like literally the body wasn't even cold yet on Patreon 3. It's like, it's like the guy whose wife or the, the woman whose husband dies. And they're like dating two weeks later. I'm like, come on, man. But that's how it rolls in the Patreon. I had to slow you guys down. I, I felt like I had to put on my dad pants on. Had to hike him up around my nipples and say, hey, 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 hey. Before you guys get going, you need to ask and make sure that anyone who's not already in one of the Patreons uh group leagues are they in and you guys had to hit the air brakes for a second but that didn't stop you you're like yep yep okay good and and, and like two hours later you're rolling
2: yeah they uh it was like the moment they found out the third one got done drafting because I had a few names a few of the new guys and I had them saved and ready and then it was like okay that finished and I was like Jerry what's your list and I gave it to him and then the next thing I knew I had an invite in the league was full within I don't know an hour and give Matt credit, one of our Patreons. Uh he decided to set it up like the Scott Fishbowl X, SFBX scoring. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be two Scott Fishbowls I will be able to that's awesome. Uh botch.
1: That so d- dude, that that is awesome. I didn't catch that wrinkle that you guys are doing a Patreon with Scott Fishbowl 10. By the way, have have you been given a league assignment or a draft slot? Uh,
2: I have not. So I didn't pick a preference. So it doesn't show up. Uh, it just says that what my league preferences, is, which is crossfire, because that was a fantastic game. Uh, so it doesn't say it. And the last I knew, I think there was seven people. So I don't know if it's full yet. So either way, I'm, I'm hoping. What about you? Did you get did you get the uh, I don't remember what you said. Did You say G.I. Joe or something?
1: G.I. Joe. I asked yep. for G.I. Joe and I asked for the fifth pick. So those of you that have ever done a startup with me or any kind of a draft, if I'm drafting anywhere between four and eight, I'm a happy camper. I don't like being on the ends. I like being in the middle. I ask for stop spot number five, and uh, guess who's drafting at spot number six? Oh, boy. Mr. Heath, Mr. Heath Cummings of CBS Sports, which I'm very excited about. To be in a league with heath cummings because you know he's he's quite the fantasy guy but it's it's funny that i'm already in a, in a another 16 team dynasty superflex best ball with mr cummings that i wrapped up this summer but that's okay man i, I got gi joe i'm trying to figure out who i want to who i want to uh get as my custom avatar for the the scott fishbowl season uh, a lot of fun and i know a lot of people entered uh, i've recommended this before but as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Friday, the 19th, if, if you have about two weeks ago on the Commission Impossible podcast, episode number 49, Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish break down all the intricate details of the Scott Fish Bowl. And it's really great. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the one thing that I will point out for the listener is that if you didn't get in, he gives you tips on how to get in potentially in the future. Also, not only that, there's going to be very strict rules around the first round of this year's Scott Fishbowl, and there will be people and owners who get booted. So you need to have your phone on standby on uh, July 6th, because when people start getting the hook, because they didn't make their draft pick on time, Scott's going to be booting them out and be looking for replacements. Also, I think it's this Friday, also the 19th that scott said the uh registration for scott fishbowl 11 will be kicking off i think that's friday the 19th check ScottFishbowl.com for that i don't want to delay this thing much longer but again back to the reviews we're currently at 150. and if you think about it we got about 12 weeks to go before the start of the regular season jerry and i would love to get it 200. how do we do that we need four a week every week between now and the start of the season man, woman, just be part of the four. Hit the pause button if you're not driving that automobile tractor heavy machinery. Hit pause, you go in, you, you, you review the show. If you want to put nice words like the, the people have been, Jerry or I will do our best to get it screenshotted out there and we'll do it. Last two things real quick, social media, Patreon. Uh, we'll go to social media first. Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. And at D W Z at DFFMemphis, those are all the handles uh, for Twitter and Instagram, and then the Patreon. Uh, We talked about the new league. We talked about the the fellowship we've got going on there. And if you just want to be in a place where you're with like-minded people who not only do you get individual one-on-one help with Jerry and myself, but you get to spend time in a group chat with a lot of other people uh, who don't always agree. And that's a good thing. If you're interested in the Patreon, you can slide my DMs. You can ask me about it. You can slide in Jerry's. You can email us, DynastyWarZone at gmail.com. Ask us about it. You know, ask us, you know, on a one-off. I can't spend the whole show talking about the Patreon, but if you're interested, we'd love to have you. Jerry, anything else to cover before we jump into these three teams? I think you hit that
2: one out of the park, dude. It's, uh, I, it, it, listen, it's been fun. And goodness gracious. Have the Patreon leagues been kicking off? We went
1: from one to four in a heartbeat. If you're looking for a place to, that's not ever really going to have a, I mean, we're, we're no FFPC, we're no, you know, Scott Fish Safe Leagues, but I don't ever see one of our Patreons collapsing because there'll always no. be someone there to, um, you know, pick up an orphan. And even though the leagues aren't super expensive, at least we haven't decided to make one expensive yet. Uh, you know, we're, we're pretty adamant about collecting dues. We actually put that out on Patreon. So if you're looking for leagues, you're looking for fun, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry. Man, we have three hot teams to cover this year. I'm, I want to start with the team in the middle. Is that okay? All right. Remember that song from, uh, what movie was that with Quentin Tarantino, Stuck in the Middle with You? Was that Reservoir Dogs? I'm pretty sure hey. that was Reservoir Dogs.
2: I think so, yeah. I
1: think that's when Michael Madsen cut off that that cop's ear. Um, What a crazy movie. So so Philadelphia, man, they finished 12th in the league in scoring last year, 24.1. So they barely missed being in that top third of uh, teams we would have covered. We're going to get to one of those teams in just a second. Uh, Total plays last year. This was the number one team in offensive plays. They had 1,104, but... You think if you're number one in place, Jerry, you'd be a little bit higher toward total yardage total, right? You would think. That that would be incorrect. Uh, This team was 14th in total yards, 5,772. Passing yards, uh, they were 11th, uh, 3,833. They were eight in pass attempts with 613. So over 600 is always great if you're looking for PPR. Love. And then in rushing, A little bit more rushing than you would think. They were 7th in total rush attempts with 454. And they were 11th in rushing yards with 1,939. A couple of new stats I I want to throw on there for you is uh, the win total. I added the Vegas win total. This is per the Action Network. They have the Eagles slated to win. Nine and a half games. So you can bet over or under. So if they win 10, you win. They win nine, you lose. So you can look at the schedule. You can make that that determination. And then another thing, Jerry, ESPN got something right. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> Come I, on. Don't don't tease me. What would they say? Well, they, they did a thing. If you search ESPN 2019 uh, snaps consistency, they went through there because of the whole COVID and everything how many teams are returning how many snaps and the Eagles are the 23rd highest ranking as it relates to snaps returning. They are returning 76.7 percent of their offensive snaps. So that was 18th in the middle. So they're around the middle. And and why does that matter? Cohesion matters in in 2020, you know, due to COVID. You know, how much time has Carson Wentz had to work with Jalen Rager? You know that if COVID impacts continuity, man, I, I'm leaning on on Zach Ertz. Uh, who's new? Uh, they, they drafted Jalen Hurt. Is it Hurts or Hurt? Is it plural? Jalen. I think it's plural. Jalen Hurts, yeah, from Oklahoma via Alabama. And then Jalen Rager via the first round. That was their first and second round pick. Who's gone? I only really had a couple of na- names down here. And if you count Marquise Goodwin as new, okay. Not really a dynasty guy. Who's gone? Jordan Howard. He's now in Miami. He's taken his 119 rush attempts and 525 yards with him. And Darren Sproles. Have mercy on that, man. He, uh, he always wanted to be Frank Gore when he grew up. So, Jerry, I'm going to let you go around the horn. Let's just start with the quarterback position. Carson Wentz, are you up, down, or neutral on Wentz going into 2020?
2: All right, so I second guessed if Jalen Hurts was actually plural. It is plural, he is a pluralized last name. Um, I still like Carson Wentz for the same reason that we liked him last year, Randy. I don't I mean, maybe I don't have him as high as we did because we were drinking the Kool-Aid, my friend. But I still like him. I and he's got he's got his new pieces. Let's hope j Jaw grows. He's still got Ertz, he's still got Goddard. He gained rigor. It's Alshon Jeffries there sometimes. I I like Carson Wentz. I think he'd stock up, and I think he's one of these guys, and I think the reason I like him is because, A, you rub off on me a little too much. That's a weird thing that we won't get into. But I'm starting to like the quarterbacks that people are down on. The, the, The guys that it's not sexy to take. When you take Carson Wentz, people in your draft don't go, Oh, good pick. It just it's, its He's not sizzle. He's not sizzly anymore. So I think that's why I like him. What about you? Are you, are you still on him? Or is this uh, that, that ship has sailed?
1: No, I, I'm still on him. I mean, he finished as the QB 10 last year in your four-point-per-throwing touchdown league. I mean, this is a guy that just, you know, a couple of years ago was an MVP candidate. And we loved this man. And last year, his wide receiver core got absolutely decimated. Lost Alshon Jeffrey after 10 games. Lost Deshaun Jackson after a couple of games. I mean, he was throwing to Greg Ward and an underwhelming J.J. Arthega Whiteside. I mean, thank goodness for Zach Ertz and his ability to scoop up 135 targets. But for me, I have I'm always like a hedge a hedge guy, and I should be a little bit more definitive. But I'm not going to pound the table. So I have Wentz as like a a, a slightly up. If he was QB 10 last year, I think he could get in that QB 7 range. So not like way up, like a top three guy, but certainly a guy that I like. And uh, let's go to this backfield man. Miles Sanders. Now some people are going to tell you that Miles Sanders has way too much steam. And Jerry... And they're going to say, his stock couldn't be any higher. And I'm going to say, that's where you're wrong, Cowboy, because his stock's up for me. I mean, all this kid did was he started, excuse me, he played in all 16 games, listed as the starter per pro football reference 11 times. I had 179 rush attempts for 818 yards, 3 TDs, 63 targets, 50 receptions, 509 receiving yards, another 3 TDs. I mean, all the guy did as a rookie was compile 1,327 yards and six TDs. Oh, on 11 starts. Oh, and Jordan Howard's in Miami. I don't think that it's it's crazy to think that this guy could easily be a top five running back in 2020. So for me, it's up. I'll pound the table a little bit for Miles Sanders. I do like Boston Scott. I think he's up as well. My My one slight fear is that... Devonta Freeman still floating around out there maybe he comes in but Jerry where are you at with Miles Sanders and uh, a little bit on Boston Scott
2: let me let me ask you a question if Devonta Freeman does show up in Philadelphia what's that going to do for you for not only for him but for Miles Sanders I know we're we're talking into hypotheticals right now but let's let's just let's play this game
1: well that would make Devonta Freeman, that would be like my last ever sell window for Devonta Freeman. And I'm going directly to the Miles Sanders owner looking to cash out. I don't know what I would be looking to cash out for, but I'd be looking to cash out. The reason why a Devonta Freeman type would really bother me is that he's a really good pass catcher. I think he had like 56 catches last year, if I remember right, in Atlanta. And that that's the bread and butter. That's where Miles makes all that, you know, beautiful... Beautiful PPR magic happened. I mean, again, he only had 65 targets, but you know, had well over 50 receptions. I'm 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 a fan, and that would bum me out a little bit. Now, how they brought in Carlos Hyde, who was rumored to go there before Hyde wound up in Seattle. Okay, but that would bum me out a little bit. So if that were to happen, I would be looking to get out of the Freeman business as quick as possible. But I'm still not overly concerned there's enough reception work left behind by Boston Scott not Boston Scott excuse me by Darren Sproles and enough rushing work left behind by Jordan Howard that I don't think it impacts those numbers but I don't think he gets to that like 16 maybe 1700 combined yardage that he would have without real competition.
2: I think that's fair. So, if we were talking before the NFL draft, I don't remember exactly when it was. Let's say April 20th, let's say you're celebrating the holiday of the Devil's Lettuce and you're sitting there and you asked me this same exact question. I would have told you that the hype on Miles Sanders was too much. And then they did nothing. They didn't sign Carlos Hyde. They haven't signed Devonta Freeman. They didn't really draft anybody. They didn't really bring anybody in. And so sitting here in June, I do think it's stock up on this dude. This dude came out and had 1,300 yards as a rookie, and didn't start all the games, and he had competition for all of them. Is it really inconceivable to think, without competition, and if he can stay healthy again, the 1,600, 1,700 yards isn't, I don't know, almost inevitable? And and you're talking about a dude that only fumbled the ball two times coming out. This was... I just... I really... I'm going to send some more trades for Miles Sanders because I have been on this that and I really thought it was too much but now that I'm sitting here looking at it and thinking about it there's just there's really nothing that suggests he's not going to improve on an already fantastic season as a rookie. I mean Randy, j- j- just I, look at the
1: just look at the check boxes. I mean good offensive minded head coach check. Uh we'll call it top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Check. <laughs> Decent offensive line check a team that runs a lot of offensive plays this team was number one I mean check 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 what what more do you want from Miles Sanders yes there's a lot of steam on him but once you get past the, the big handful I mean I, we, we were doing this on the Patreon show talking about Dalvin Cook would you ever have Dalvin Cook or Miles Sanders
2: I think it's got to be Miles Sanders at this point but I'm not a Dalvin guy I'm, um, talking,
1: I'm talking strictly ADP because I know I can get someone else. I know Dalvin's going in the late first round. I can get like a Tyree kill or someone else there late. And then on the way back around, get Miles Sanders in the early part of the second. And if you tell me I can start a dynasty team with Miles Sanders and Tyree Hill, sign me up, boss. I'm in. Yeah,
2: that's easy. Uh, as far and let's let's talk about that division. You're going to play six games against Washington, against the Giants, and against the Cowboys. Any of those defenses scare the wits out of you?
1: With the exception of, I think, Washington's really on the come. That's a nasty front seven, especially with Ron Rivera there. They're adding uh, they have a couple of really good defensive tackles, and now they're adding Chase Young. Yeah, that Washington defense could bother me a little bit, but no, I mean, Dallas's defense is a sieve. All their money is invested really in the offensive side of the ball. They spent their first-round pick on a wide receiver. The Giants, kind of the same thing. I mean, all their real talent on that team is on the offensive side of the ball. I don't want to go as far as to call it the NFC South, but the NFC East could entail a lot of shootouts. So I, I I think that's a fair point. Let's get to these wide receivers, man. Uh, I'll save the best for last. I, I was really down on Alshon Jeffrey, and he's coming off of a foot surgery that usually has a reoccurrence and uh, another foot surgery. But that dude through 10 games last year, had 7.3 targets per game. I'm like, get the truck out of here, back the truck up. Alshon Jeffrey had seven targets a game. Are you kidding me? So maybe he's not dead yet. His contract is going to keep him on the team at least through this year. Uh, you know, D- Deshaun Jackson. I mean, if you want to draft him late in a best ball, I could totally see him winning you a week in a best ball league in 2020. And then the uh, the guy that I like, Jalen Rager, uh, for me, he's neutral to slightly up given his rookie uh, draft position. But He's a guy that, that I, I was high on before the draft. He was my wide receiver to pre-draft. He's my wide receiver to coming out of the draft. Uh, I love this man. Jerry, on these wide receivers, where you got? So for me, Alshon's kind of a, a hold to down Uh, Deshaun Jackson is just like a best ball flyer. If he's on my roster, I'm either looking to pick up a young guy or I'm looking to uh, trade him as part of a package. I don't know. I don't really care for Deshaun Jackson outside of best ball. But really spend some time on Rager and give me some thoughts.
2: Yeah, and just to sort of build on Alshon Jeffrey too, that's sort of how I feel about him. He's always there in like the 17th round of a startup, and I always just pick him up just – just because he does get some work and he can he can get in the end zone. So that's sort of how I feel about him. He's a he's one of those cheap dudes that I like to just have and never really expect much out of, in truth. What 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 is there to say to Rager? The moment he landed in Philly in the first round, we all got excited. And this, I mean, I I know the homie, homie Ray GQ was super excited about it. He had that video at the combine when he didn't quite run as fast as Ruggs did. And he was super disappointed. And then my man flips it around and goes to Philly in the first round. He got super excited. Listen, he is in a prime situation. One of the, I, I think it's between him and Justin Jefferson to really be the two guys that are in the easiest route to early production in 2020, as far as the rookie wide receivers are concerned, what's the, what's there not to like? You got the guy. The he's never really had tons of talent around him. No disrespect to any TCU fans that we have out there, but I and the, and the worst part is Randy is he's a dude that I wanted a ton of, and I did not end up with a ton. Just he he kept going in spots where I didn't like him, and it's it sort of. <sighs> Breaks my heart, man. There's always there's always those guys. Jonathan Taylor's another one, not to sidetrack it too much, but um, yeah, I think where where what do you think Jalen Rager's ceiling is in 2020? Now he's gonna have Jackson there, and we can hate on Jackson for his fantasy prowess all we want. But as far as a veteran, bona fide professional wide receiver with ties to Philadelphia, the man is gonna have a role there. And Alshon Jeffrey, like you said, having seven targets a game, he's going to have a role there. What, what, what are you thinking as far as wide receiver three, wide receiver two?
1: What are, what's in your head? I, I would feel safe today in the middle of June without seeing, obviously, any camp or anything going on. I would feel comfortable saying wide receiver three. Again, I, I will say this until I'm proven wrong. I think COVID is going to set back new, set back new relationships whether that's coach and quarterback, quarterback and wide receiver, uh, that's why that consistency ranking with ESPN means something to me. Because, you know, you you only have so much time to to get on the same page this year, and it's going to be so weird. So he's a guy that I could see struggling early. He's the kind of guy that maybe after five games, if you can find that, and I know you can. Every league's got an impatient owner that, that, you know what, he's been through five games, he's a pile of trash, he's the next, you know, Corey Davis or whatever, I'm trading him. Okay, trade him to me. I'm in there. Just hook me up, because I I think once there's a little continuity built, and as they get going down the stretch, I I think he will be the guy. And I think he's such a versatile piece. And you know I know he didn't quote unquote run fast. I mean a four four what seven? That's fast. Yeah, yeah still fast. <laughs> but but I don't I don't think that, that there's like straight line speed, and then there's like football speed. And his football speed is off the chart. So man, I, I'm all about Jalen Rager. Um, I think he's neutral because I think he's going fairly in rookie drafts and even startups yeah. to a degree but let's get into these tight ends Zach Ertz why does people hate why do people hate 29 year old Zach Ertz but love 31 year old Travis Kelsey you know we talk yeah. about we talk about how crowded the the target share is in Kansas city with Sammy and Tyreek Hill. And now we added Clyde Edwards Hilaire and McCall Hardman's going to take a step and but, but then Travis Kelsey's still going to be a monster. This is the team that had the most, the most, the most plays in the NFL last year. I mean, Zach Ertz is still going to get his, you know, when the chips are down and all these new relationships, whether it's, you know, Marquise Goodwin, whether it's Rager, he didn't have a lot of time with Deshaun Jackson last year. You know, when all the chips are down, he's going to go back to a security blanket, he's going to go back to his whoobie, and that's Zach Ertz. There's a reason why he had 135 targets. Oh, yeah, and he missed a game and a half. And and, and then you add in uh, Goddard, who had 87. He's a hold for me. You know, you've either got to take a big step forward, or you are who you are at this point in, in your career. So I have no problem holding on to my Zach Ertz. And I'll be honest with you, if someone comes through with a knock your socks off, offer for for Dallas Goddard take it because on last week's show when you and I ranked contracts going into 2021 Zach Ertz has got a really weird one because after 2020 he's making like less than two million bucks a year it's the oddest contract that I found when I was reviewing contracts so he's very he's very keepable on that roster for the next several years so I don't know that Dallas Goddard has quite the clean launch way to be in the man there in Philadelphia. So for me, Ertz is a hold, being about a year and a half younger than Kelsey. And for Goddard, for me, kind of like a guy like Hunter Henry, it's put up or shut up time. Do the thing or you're not the thing. So where are you at with these two tight ends, Jer?
2: I think I am exactly where you are at with these guys. The thing about everybody hating Zach Ertz is exactly what you said. He's not the new hotness. Dallas Goddard is that dude that people have just been going, oh my God,
0: Dallas Goddard! I can't wait till he's a tight end.
2: Good, and to to your extent of the Hunter Henry put up or shut up, I don't think he can put it up. Uh, sorry to break anybody's heart out there that's really been banking on this dude. Because if you were a supreme talent, you would have shown it. And he's been he's been cool. He's been all right. He hasn't been Zach Ertz. And if like what Randy says about the money, listen, money talks. And if Zach Ertz in his highly productive, highly available in the end zone, that was a horrible way to explain that high, high rate of touchdowns. Let's say that they're going to keep him. And what has Goddard's value been built on that eventually Zach Ertz is going to leave and he is going to step up and become the messiah in Philadelphia and they had who last year they had Alshon got hurt. Jay jaw was an absolute embarrassment. Thanks a lot. Debbie roster. That was a great pick. And he didn't step it up. He, He, he was, he was not this guy that took that next step. He was Hunter Henry. He was one of those guys. That's, you know, they're, they're okay. So yeah, if I can flip Dallas Goddard, hundred percent. I'm doing that. And I'll take it a step further on earth, further on earth. I'm going to buy Zach Ertz because people don't like him. And, and what, where did his value really slip? Randy, it, it's three to four. Maybe it's behind Mark Andrews now.
1: I, I'll accept that. But, you know, as I like to say here on the show, it's the great American philosopher, Rick Flair once said to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until Dallas Goddard beats the man, he's not the man. Zach Ertz is the man. So I I like Zach Ertz. uh, Real quick, J-Jaw. For me, if I have a J-Jaw share, I don't plan on using it in 2020, I want to kind of see what I got. Can he supplant Alshon Jeffrey as that big body, boundary wide receiver who can help out in the red zone and, and you know maybe convert some first downs here or there. I know they've got draft capital in him. For, I, I didn't write him down, but you mentioned his name. So real quick before you wrap up Philadelphia, where are you at with J-Jaw? Listen, is, is, that, not, is, not, that, is not, that a poop sandwich? Yeah, it is
2: a poop sandwich. I'm not going to get rid
1: of him because I
2: probably, if you have him, you took him at the end of the first or in the early second, so you can hold on to him for a little bit longer. But if you're really holding out hope... I, Randy, like, like I said about the Dallas Goddard not stepping up. This dude literally took a role where everybody got hurt and everybody came to play, and you did nothing. Nothing. One catch, 29 yards. Two catches, 43 yards. One catch, 15 yards. Two for 29. Get the F out of here. Get, I, I need, you want to put up or shut up? you got to at least show up before I think you can put it up. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. I'll hold him for a little bit until any sort of value comes up in free agency. And that dude's hitting the pine,
1: you know, feisty Jerry's my favorite Jerry. All right. (laughs) Well, there were no real coaching staff changes of any real note. So where, where are you at with this team? Are you up, down or neutral on this offense for 2020?
2: I think I'm up on it and it, pretty much just circles around the fact that I like Carson Wentz. And I think Carson Wentz is one of the good quarterbacks in this league that we're going to be talking about for the next eight to 10 years. So I I am going to say up and add in the fact that they added Rieger. I think they have a great tight end room. And Miles Sanders is about to put up 1,700 yards.
1: Uh, I like where you're at. I'm, I'm going to hedge a little. I'm going to say up slightly. It's hard to do much better than 24 points a game. With the most offensive plays in the nfl but i i think it's great i i think it's a good offense uh, we could spend a lot more time on it but unfortunately or fortunately for you the listeners we have two other offenses that we want to jump into but before we do we want to take just a minute and hear a word from our sponsor over at trophy smack are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there, then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ Ring. You pick out your trophy Which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. Big thank you to our friends over at Trophy Smack. Again, it's early. uh, Before your friends burn up all their fantasy dollars doing startups like our Patreons, man, reach out to the friends over at Trophy Smack. Use that code DWZRING and hook your league up with a belt or a trophy. All right, Jerry, you ready to, uh, to talk about the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, I am ready. All right, man, let me get into some of their season stats. So this team finished 19th in total plays last year with 1,012, but they were 4th in yards with 6,097, so just a skosh short of 6,100, and that's pretty damn efficient. To be 19th in plays but 4th in yards tells you just how efficient this team was. Speaking of efficient, man, 29th in pass attempts with only 478, but 13th in passing yards we're going to get into some of the reasons why we think that is in just a second. This team had the second most rush attempts with 498, so not just not just quite 500. Uh, they were second in rush yards with 2,305. Only Baltimore had more. Uh, the homies over Action Network, they have the over and under for this team at 10.5. Uh, that's, their, that's their win total, so if they win 11, that would be over. 10 would be under. It's a very interesting number given the division they play in and the fact that they won 13 games last year. That ESPN returning snaps consistency article, uh, this team is returning 77.3% of its offensive snaps. Uh, That's the fourth uh, fourth most as a team and the 17th most on the offensive side of the ball. Who's new? I, I really just included Brandon Ayuk, their first round wide receiver. Uh, who they lose or who is gone? That would be Emmanuel Sanders, who's now in New Orleans. That would be Matt Beretta who's ma- now in Miami. And then there would be Marquise Goodwin, who's now in the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles. Jerry, how are you feeling about the, the 49ers for 2020?
2: Eh, eh, that's about what I got for you. I don't, there's something about, losing in the Super Bowl that can just crush an organization. Atlanta did not repeat it. Los Angeles Rams did not repeat it. We we can continue to go down this train, and that was a team that had a wonderful defense, and that should help them out. But I just don't love that offense in the least bit, and I'm not sure if it's going to be repeatable. I don't think they have a premier talent at running back. I think the wide receivers are okay. I think Debo is a nice pick, but I really don't think we're going to be talking about Debo Samuel in one of these perennial dynasty darlings for a long period of time. I think he's a good piece. I think he's all right. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's a cornerstone piece for your championship roster. I think it's George Kittle, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is
1: so meh. Like there's. How how much Jimmy G do you own? One one share, I think. And and I'll be honest, I wish I had him more as like my QB 2-3. I would really prefer Jimmy G as a 3. He's probably a lot of people's 2. But man, the reason why I like Jimmy G is that he he was uber efficient. Again, 29th in attempts, but 13th in, in yards. That's a big deal. And I think a big part of that has to do with his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he played the entire season after his ACL injury, so this is technically his third, but really second full year in that Shanahan offense, and man, this guy is surrounded by yak monsters, whether that's George Kittle, whether that's Debo, I think the running backs are better pass catchers than they lead on. Uh, for me, Jimmy G is a, is a stock up, not a huge stock up, but, but he is a stock up for me. Is he a stock up or a stock down or neutral for you?
2: I think he's probably neutral, and that's only because, as my tone is probably you know, telling the people that I don't love the man. But I think Brandon Ayuk's is going to be a nice piece to add. He was not a good prospect that I loved. I didn't fall in love with the man at all. But if you get taken in the first round, there's probably something I'm not seeing, and that he fits your scheme in a nice sort of way. So I think it's going to help. I don't think he can hurt, at least. And like I said about the the running backs there, I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep going on them. I really wanted to see something sexy because I think we all, because of how efficient they were. But I understand why they didn't. It's The problem is, is we see guys in a fantasy world and we look at Tevin Coleman and we look at Jared McKinnon and we look at all these guys and they're just, they don't help us win, but they're okay. So I get it. I don't know. I just, I, I think Jimmy G has... Enough talent around him to prop him up more than I'm giving him credit for. He's just not a guy I love. So I, I'm going to say neutral, but I, he's just not a guy I have a lot of. And I'm not really looking to get him. But to, to your credit, I do think he's in that. If you have him as your QB3, I think you're pretty happy. If you're relying on him as your QB2 in a super flex, I don't think you have a championship team
1: that that's fair. I I mean I think he is a QB2. I mean he's going if he, if you told me he finishes between QB 13 and 24 in 2020, I'll be like exactly. That's yeah. exactly where he goes. So neutral to slightly up. I think he can improve a little bit on 2019. Uh, I love Raheem Mostert. Out of everybody we've talked about so far, his stock is the most up for me and it may be a one-year deal for me. But this is a team, again, that had 500 rush attempts and 2,300 yards. I think he's going to get half of those rushing carries. I think he's going to get 250 carries. And the running backs in San Francisco had 80 targets. Now, I don't think he gets all of those. I think Tevin Coleman will be extremely involved in the pass catching game. I think Jarek McKinnon, believe it or not, I'm not going to rank him. He's stocked down. He's stocked trash. He's stocked gone, But I, I love Mostert. I think he's still cheap. Now, this is more of a redraft move. He's the kind of guy, um, it's the old pump and dump. I'm going to wait until he inflates his value and dynasty to the point to where midseason, if I'm not a lock championship contender, he gone. I'm going right to the, to the champion or a potential champion and being like, look, dude, give me something. Can I send you Mostert in a third for your first? Um, what kind of deal can you and I hammer out to, to move Mostert? But if you're a contender, I love this man. Tevin Coleman, I'm just kind of meh. You know, yeah. he'll be a free agent in the offseason, as will Jarek McKinnon. I believe his contract's over at the end of the season. And even though Mostert's a little bit older in life at the running back position, he's a low mileage uh, used car, if you will. So I'm really up on him, and I have McKinnon and Tevin Coleman as both just holds. Did you have anything else to add on the running backs? Are you up down? I know you weren't a big fan.
2: No, I'm not a big fan, and it's – the problem is is I like Mostert to an extent. I like him because the dude finds the damn end zone. Like, in the last six games of the season, he scored seven touchdowns, and it wasn't like he got four of them in one game, now granted – he did do that in the playoffs, a 220-yard, four-touchdown game. So, holy hell. So, if there's anybody, it's definitely Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, and I really don't think it's close because Jerick McKinnon has mush for knees and Tevin Coleman has never shown you anything. I don't care how much hype you had. You want to talk about Dallas Goddard and Tevin Coleman? Spider-Man meme, where they're pointing at each other. Same guy. You always thought as soon as the other guy was out, they were going to jump up, take it over. Sorry. Devonta Freeman got hurt, Tevin Coleman showed up, didn't do a damn thing. Um, But I'm definitely flipping him the moment he has that big touchdown game. Mostert, that is. Um, it's, it's a running game that can score, which obviously makes it helpful. I just don't know how consistent it's going to be going forward. So I will tend to avoid it because it's going to be definitely a headache. But if you have Mostert, I think it's, you know, like you said, I think it's okay.
1: All right, let's get into these wide receivers. Now, Debo broke out as a rookie. I think we all liked him around rookie draft season this time last year. I don't know that we necessarily expected him to get 81 targets, the second most on the on the team. And, and you know, he, he played in 15 games and only started 11. I, I think there's a lot of space for Debo to grow. Uh, His value does have the Twitter steam, but I'm not overly concerned about Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to get into him in a second. I have Debo as a stock up, although he is pretty spicy. He's He's a pricey commodity out there in Dynasty, but I'll say slightly up. And then Ayuk. Ayuk's a hold. I'm very nervous on Brandon Ayuk, and I'll tell you why. I got two words for you, Jerry. You ready? Yep. Paris Campbell. I get a real Paris Campbell vibe from Brandon Ayuk. A guy that when I started the draft process, I wasn't super high on. And then as I did more research, I started to come around. And now that as we're getting into OTA, which there's not really going to be any in the summer, I'm starting to get that weird vibe again, just like I had with Paris Campbell. And I don't know what this guy's going to do in year one. I, I would much rather be on Debo. I know people think that IU and his draft capital really put a, a, a crimp in... Debo's uh, style, but I don't think so, man. I'm really into Debo. He's slightly up. Iuke is a hold. Uh, Jalen Hurd, uh, is is it Jalen Hurd? uh, Him and Jalen Hurts always throw me off. Uh, The former running back, now wide receiver from Tennessee. He's an interesting guy. He might be someone you look to get as like a throw-in on a trade if you see him out there. But, I mean, really for me, this wide receiver core, I've got to uphold cheap buy am i being crazy
2: no i don't think you're crazy and as far as brand i think that was sort of the perfect breakdown i mean that was exactly how i feel about the dude didn't love him he came in i the the one thing about that situation is he does something that george kittle and the debo don't do so they clearly wanted somebody in the specific role that they wanted him for so i think he's gonna have a role but i don't I don't love him either, so I I don't know. That's a tough sell. As far as Debo, I think he's stock up because I think his production is going to go up, but I don't think his value compared to what you have to pay for him in a dynasty league right now is going to go up. I think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that my man goes for a thousand yards, which would be an improvement by two hundred yards on last year. I don't think that's crazy at all, but I think what you have to pay to get him right now is more than a wide receiver that gets you a thousand yards. And that's before he's even done it. So it's tough for me to say, I think production wise, he increases. I think his value probably sticks around the same. The thing is, is he's shown that he can have big monster full awesome games. The problem is he just didn't find the end zone, which is if this dude has a, Eight hundred yard, nine touchdown season. You know we're probably having a different conversation right now. But he only had three. But he's shown that he can get eight passes in a game. He's shown that he can crack a hundred yards. The thing that worries me is the times when he doesn't. You know he gets three catches for eighteen yards, or he gets two catches for forty-one yards, which is going to happen when you have someone like George Kittle, who is just a force.
1: Well, thank you for the for the great transition there. Uh, George Kittle, uh, it's it's hard to get higher than my number one tight end uh, in Dynasty. Yes, I have him ahead of Travis Kelsey based strictly on the, the about four years of age difference. But, I mean, what else is there to say about a guy who's coming off back-to-back 85-plus catch seasons, back-to-back 100-plus target seasons, and back-to-back 1,000-plus-yard seasons. You know, but you know, you know where he can really improve, Jerry. Touchdowns. Where's that? Touchdowns. He's only yeah. ever, his most ever in a season's been five. I think George Kittle. And, and he's be- still
2: been this good,
1: though. I d- bananas. Absolutely bananas. If you go back and listen to the the six guys that we're not trading off of our dynasty roster, my love for George Kittle is professed there. Uh, Jerry, I don't need to say anything else about the man. Uh, are you, but are you up, down, or neutral on him? I'm, I'm clearly up. I'm trying to get him everywhere. We
2: are currently doing the fourth Patreon draft, which we have mentioned several times and yours truly the handsome bearded trucker hatted Jerry Sinclair recently just took George Kittle at 209. So I love George Kittle. And I'm not going to break down anything else because everybody knows damn well that George Kittle's good. I will say, in my personal opinion, I think the dude's going to continue being good. And I think that is a pretty universal opinion.
1: All right. Not much to mention on the coaching staff here other than head coach Kyle Shanahan, was recently extended. Basically, what they did was they tore up the, the remaining three years on his deal and just gave him a new six-year deal, which will keep him with the team through 2025, which is great for you Dynasty fans out there. Uh, I don't think the long-term answer is going to be Mostert, Coleman, or you know McKinnon, but this upcoming free agent class, like we covered on Wednesday, is going to be a banger. Just imagine a guy like Leonard Fournette in, in this backfield, or uh, e- even a, even a free agent like Marlon Mack, to be a one-two punch with Raheem Mostert. There's going to be... I think there's going to be a new running back here, but this offense in general for me is going to be slightly up across the board. I think I like everybody. I'm not really down on anybody except you, Dante Pettis. You let me down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but, 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 but everybody else is a hold to slightly up for me here. Jerry, I think the, the people of Ohio have been held at bay long enough. Are you ready... To talk about the fighting Cleveland Baker Mayfields.
2: Oh, joy, more Ohio.
1: Uh, you know you know I love them. all right. let's uh let's get into some Cleveland stats. So Cleveland last year was at 20 point nine points per game. That was the 11th fewest in the league. So they kind of like kind of like Philadelphia, they barely missed being in the upper third by one space. Cleveland barely missed being in the middle by one space. Uh, They were 26th in total plays with 973. 22nd in total yards with 5,455. 19th in pass attempts with 539. 22nd in passing yards with 3,554. And here's the one that blew my mind. 22nd in rush attempts. 393, but 12th, 12th in rushing yards with 1,901. Are you kidding me? That's the old Freddie Kitchens. Hey, look at this. We're really good at running the ball, so let's not do that anymore move. Unbelievable. Uh, Action Network has their season win total over, under, 8.5. Again, nine wins. You would bet the over. If you think it's going to be eight or less, you would bet the under. And then the ESPN Snap consistency returning rankings. Uh, This offense was 16th. They have 77.7% of the offensive snaps returning. Uh, Where they really took a bath was on defense. Only 58.5% of the defensive snaps returning. Cleveland actually has the fifth fewest in the league. Who's new? Uh, Austin Hooper. Maybe you heard of him. He was my 2019 tight end man crush. Uh, He's been replaced by the uh, Cowboys' Blake Jarwin. More on Blake in another show. But Austin Hooper was the tight end six last year on 13 games. They also brought in a fullback. That's right. We're talking peak 1980s football with a fullback and Andy Janovich. And they they did bring in right tackle Jack Conklin, one of my uh, favorite moves of the offseason. The the slight eyebrow raised was the, uh, the, the bringing in of Case Keenum. I believe they're paying him in the neighborhood of $6 million a year this is a team that's ready to win and i think baker had better take a step forward we're going to jump into all that in just just un momento uh who's gone really just demetrius harris uh like a a journeyman tight end at this point jerry what do you think about the uh, the stats here on these here browns i think
2: this is the year for the browns to be excited last year it was all sizzle like we say and no steak i think the steak is starting to cook and we are starting to actually getting a real situation and i think it is 100 percent because now there is an adult a grown human being coaching this football team we laughed and we prodded and we picked on freddie kitchens all last year and you know what they say randy we were right to do so because that was an embarrassment and he should not have been a coach
1: you know he really looked like a com you remember anchorman champ kind the the sports anchor <laughs> me? yeah he, he looked like a combination of champ kind and like a short order cook at a flying J truck stop that's what freddie kitchens looks like he's taking his talents to new york with the football giants i'm sure we'll talk more about freddie a little little bit later on in the the three-team parlay series i want to get into baker man stock up stock down stock hold for me baker's a hold so the days of me piling on baker are over for the most part even though i was right baker has been in two seasons in the league he's been qb 19 excuse me in 2019 he was qb 20 and as a rookie he was qb 16. um I can only look to Kirk Cousins, the quarterback that head coach uh, Stefanski had last year. Cousins finished as the QB 15, and and I know that Baker's still being drafted as a top 12 QB. I I just don't get it in what I perceive to be a low-volume offense. I don't know how he cracks the top 12 with all the guys we've already talked about. You know, there's Mahomes, there's Dak, there's Kyler, there's Wentz, there's Lamar, there's Russell Wilson. I think Jared Goff still finishes ahead of him. I think Daniel Jones finishes ahead of him. I think that Baker, I, I think he's better than QB 20, but I am i don't believe he's better than QB 13. And for that reason, I have to make him a, a neutral, maybe slightly up because he's been 16 and 20. So I think 13's reaching for the stars here. Am, am I being unfair? Has, has, am, am I uh, being too dug in on my Baker approach, Jerry?
2: He has 14 interceptions and he has 21 interceptions in his two career seasons. So no, I don't think you're being absurd. And I think it's, I think he's probably neutral, but I think that is a product that I probably don't want him. And here's the problem though, is if you have Baker Mayfield, you probably paid a lot more than that. Just a little secret. Especially if you were one of the dopes that paid QB2 prices. No offense, we've all made mistakes. But you're going to have to probably eat that one because you're not going to get a return. I think he does improve. I think this is going to be the year that he actually does a little bit better and maybe creeps into... Maybe he can get to QB12? You know, But I'm with you in the fact that if I was a betting man or I have a gun to my head or you know i i have to speak in certainties i really could not bet on him being a qb1 in fantasy and and that goes for any time really and and what's going to happen if odell beckham decides to leave and jarvis landry's getting up there in age and you know i i think i think with the improvements on the offensive line they drafted one in the first round they brought in jack conklin the, the michigan boy I think that'll help that'll that'll keep him on his feet that'll give him more time he'll be able to make some more plays maybe he throws less interceptions maybe he can cut that down to you know 12 or 11 and then he still throws you know for 4000 yards he's going to be okay he's
1: so so here, I, I, here here are my concerns with Baker it's it's not not at this point I, I I like what I've seen in Baker this off season I like on Instagram that he's showing himself working out yes that matters to me I like that he has talked about the mistakes that he's made and he's trying to learn from him. As a as a Baker critic, I have to tip my hat and say, "Hey, man, good for you." What concerns me from a dynasty and a fantasy standpoint is his head coach. I think they're going to be very successful for real football, but the Minnesota Vikings last year were thirtieth in pass attempts last year. This is a guy who's coming off of a team who was nineteenth. I don't see I don't see nineteen becoming twelve. I see 19 becoming 25 or 26. And I can make a real argument today for just the 2020 season that Baker Mayfield could be statistically the worst quarterback in the AFC North. Forget the NFL. That's just in his division. I can make a case where obviously Lamar's gonna be better. Big Ben depends on how his elbow looks. Big Ben could be better. Joe Burrow with pretty good weapons of his own, and and, and an offensive-minded head coach could be better. There's a real argument to say that Baker is the worst statistical quarterback based on the offense that he's in, in in Cleveland. So it's not as much about Baker, the person, the attitude, the maturity... It's about his situation, man. So and the reason why I'm I'm a hold on Baker is it's kind of funny. Normally you want a guy at QB two prices who can give you QB one upside. Baker is a guy with QB one prices who's gonna give you high end QB two upside. So for me at the ADP and the cost, man, I, I just can't go there.
2: I now let's play devil's advocate for a second. How do is there a way that he can get up there? Because we're talking he hasn't had a season where he's thrown for 4000 yards and you're going to want to get that number up damn near 25%. You're going to want to cut your interceptions down. I really don't see the upside. And I know, you know, our, our friend Nate Pilmer doesn't like the word upside, but I don't I don't really see it with Baker. Like he's not he's not running a ton, he's not extremely efficient, he's not a huge touchdown machine. He doesn't get the huge volume.
1: It, it, it,
2: where's it at? You got anything on that? I just, I can't see
1: it. I, I'm, I'm just following the actions of the team. Stefanski last year, when, when he was in Minnesota, they only ran three wide personnel 26% of the time. This is not a run and gun offense. Jerry, for the love of God, they brought in Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan of the interim Washington Redskins last year, who said they were going to run the ball center, run the ball left, run the ball right, and then run the ball some more. That's what he did. He said he was going to do it. That's what he did. They brought him in to be the line coach. Stefanski had Minnesota in the top five in rush attempts. They brought in a friggin' fullback, Jerry. That tells me it's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So I will use this as my transition point to start talking about Nick Chubb. I was a little nervous about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Spoiler alert, next week we'll be ranking our quote-unquote double-trouble backfields where we think... Multiple guys in the same backfield will give you good fantasy production in 2020. This one right here could be very well at the top of the list. I absolutely, the, the more I've done my research, like on this particular team, man, give me all that Nick Chubb smoke, as you like to say. I'm in. I think Kareem Hunt will still have his role. Kareem Hunt came out the other day and acknowledged that he is the number two in this offense. Inject all the Nick Chubb right into my veins right now. He's already expensive. But man, he, he's a stock up, and I have Kareem Hunt as a, as a slight stock up because he will be an unrestricted free agent next year, and you and I have already talked about a lot of potential landing spots of teams that could use a running back in 2021, whether that's Houston if David Johnson gets cut, Seattle if they don't resign Chris Carson, Miami if they don't bring back Jordan Howard or Matt Breda. So I like both of these guys, but please feel free to take a minute on these running backs.
2: No, I mean, what what is there to say about them? They've all been highly productive. They've all shown everything that you want to see, and you're adding the offensive line talent in the draft and in free agency. I think the sky's the limit for both of them. Um, you know, I, I traded away. I traded for Nick Chubb, and then I traded him away in the league that we just talked about. You did your own version of the uh, Dynasty Happy Hour contractor on my team. Um, and... You know the, what is there not to really like? I think, you know, you, you made your bet going against uh, against Nick Chubb with Zeke last year, and you had to have you as George Costanza from Seinfeld, which was a wonderful job by Wheeler. Bless his sweetheart for giving me that, Randy. I I, I think the running backs are going to be the one real shining point of this team.
1: I, I, I could not agree more, and I'm glad that you said that, because the one player that I am down on is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, again, I hate to continue to reference the Minnesota Vikings last year, but do you know who led the Vikings in targets last year? Who was it? It was Stefan Diggs, because Adam Thielen missed six games. See, and he, I was going to say
2: Thielen, too. Good thing a, I didn't.
1: And, and Diggs led them with 94 targets, Jerry. 94. Okay, again, th- this is a low-volume passing offense. Do you think that in a low-volume passing offense, with good defenses, by the way, don't forget they, they've got four games against the, against the Steelers, four games against the, the Ravens. I, I'm, I'm very concerned for Odell Beckham Jr. For me, he's, he's the only stock down. Um, as much as I've been a critic of Baker, I have him as a hold but I can't be positive on Odell Beckham Jr. He's going into his age 28 season. I think he turns 28 in November. Uh, he's a potential cut candidate next year. After this year, he has no guaranteed money on his contract, and they owe him $45 million over the next you know, three years. There is a lot more not to like about Odell Beckham, a man who's not been a wide receiver one for a full season since 2016. He's had some injury issues. I don't like the low-volume offense. For me, Landry is a neutral. I think Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry. He's a guy who's going to make you, you know, going to give you that wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 18 overall on a season. Just solid, solid you know, production uh, for a guy that you can get at wide receiver three prices that's going to give you wide receiver two upside. So that's where I'm at on these two guys. What about you? Uh, I'm the same on Jarvis Landry. I'm not even going to add anything
2: because I think that is the exact definition. If you were to find it on Webster's.com, that would be the exact definition for Jarvis Landry's fantasy value. Odo Beckham is a different situation. He, I don't love him, but the problem is, is he's got a sexy name. He's got a name that says, Ooh, if this is your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three, that's going to get you over the top. And it's a way to stroke somebody's ego, a, a contender so that they can get over the top. The problem is that production is just, it's long sailed. And, you know, he's a guy that gets injured, which is slightly a lazy argument. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you just you just said everything there really was to say about him. I don't I don't love him. I had a few shares of OBJ. I just recently flipped him in one of my leagues. Um, I'm good. I am selling him on name value. Like I said, I think Baker improves, and I think Odo Beckham will see some of that, and there will be a bit of a revival. I just I have no confidence that this is going to be a long term. I don't know ascending dynasty asset. I just I can't. There's nothing in my head that can formulate a situation where that happens with OBJ, which makes him an extreme sell candidate. And you want to do it before it's too late because at some point you would think not having an R a wide receiver one season since 2016 would be one of those moments, but yet it's not, we're still seeing him worth quite
1: a bit in leagues. So let me ask you this before we hit the, the, the two tight ends and wrap this one up. Would you rather have Odell Beckham Jr. or Terry McLaren and the plus? Whatever the plus is, I don't know. I would have to run it through the calculator or just sit here and think about it for a second. But if, if you thought you could get Terry, how about this? You send Odell Beckham Jr. and a second, we'll call it a mid-second, okay? And in return, mm-hmm. you get Terry McLaren and a mid-first. What you doing?
2: That is pretty much the staple of a Jerry trade. If there is one thing I'm trying to do when I send Odo Be- I just traded Odo Beckham and it was Odo Beckham in a second for somebody in a first. And I can't remember off the top of my damn head who it was, but that I I'm taking Terry McLaren because I want the increased value of the first. And I, uh, once again, I would love to give whoever tweeted it out recently. I don't remember if it was Sigmund bloom or Scott Barrett or who it was, but they showed the success rate of wide receivers against man coverage. And Terry McLaren, as a rookie, was on that list with the likes of Stefan Diggs and Julio and Antonio Brown and everybody that's fantastic in the league. And then Terry McLaren sitting there as a rookie on that list. So, yes, I'm taking that side of the trade. I know you are, too, so I'm not even going to ask because I don't have to.
1: No, because and here's the reason why, not just because I love Terry McLaren because that's my boo. No, it's it's because I think I can get similar production. If I, if I told you both guys average 15 points a game in 20, twenty in PPR format. Would you be surprised? Hell no. That would be like a an upper class wide receiver two this year. And I think we would all be elated with that. But I also walk away with a first and a guy who's significantly younger. Man, I'm in there with swimwear. Let let's talk about these two tight ends, David Njoku and Austin Hooper. For me, Austin Hooper is a neutral man. I'm I'm not throwing him out the window. He's not on the trash heap. I want to see it. I mean Baker is gonna be working real well in that short to intermediate area yeah I know that's the same area that Kareem Hunt works and that's the same area that Jarvis works and that's part of the reason why I'm down on Odell Beckham I think that to keep Baker between the bake what Baker needs Jerry you ever go bowling with like a little kid and they got to put those bumpers up yeah, I used to work at a bowling alley, so I know all about that. So, so I, I think guys like Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, and now Austin Hooper, those are your bumpers. You can use a guy like David and Joku to, you know, to stretch the seam a little bit you can use Odell Beckham Jr. on that play action to to stretch it along the boundary a little bit. But I think when you really want to help Baker cut down on that 21 interception season and keep him between the lanes, you let him work in that short to intermediate area with an Austin Hooper, with a Kareem Hunt, and with a Jarvis Landry. And that's why for me, I think that Austin Hooper's a fine hold. He only had like 94 targets last year. Cleveland's got about 60 vacated tight end targets going into this year. Man, I, I, and I know that he's going to be on the field a lot. And I also like the fact they brought in Jack Conklin. Uh, he's not quite the level of a blocker of a George Kittle, but he chips and does enough to be okay. And the fact that they brought in Jack Conklin and they really shored up this offensive line. They drafted, I believe it was Jedrick Wills out of Alabama to be the left tackle. The offensive line got the improvements it needed. So I like Austin Hooper. He's a hold. I, I really, going to be hard to improve on a tight end six season, but if he repeated that, I would not be surprised. And David Njoku, he's kind of like the Corey Davis of tight ends. You're really, you're <laughs> Well, I, I I mean that I mean that in the nicest yet meanest sort of way. He's a guy that Devi darlings just can't get out of their head. You've loved him forever. He's probably a better athlete than he is a football player, and we're all just really gonna have to wait and see what happens on Team Two. I I only laughed so hard because that was a perfect comparison because that's exactly
2: what that dude is. I was gonna do my fart noise again when i brought up david njoku but that was perfect i can't top that as far as hooper i think you're right i it's weird you know he had a tight end six season but if you look at the numbers it wasn't all that fantastic i mean he didn't crack 800 yards he only had six touchdowns i like him i and the problem is i don't think you're gonna be able to sell him for a profit so I think you're probably. I think he's probably just a hold. I think you're probably just sticking with him. If you have Tyler Hooper, you're probably happy. He's gonna do. You know, he's gonna be that guy that Baker Mayfield needs, like you said, to not throw 21 damn interceptions in a season. So I I think you're right. I think he's he's just a hold. He's not the sexy guy that we had last year, where we were all you know doe eyed and gaga over. I don't think he's that sleeper tight end this year. I think he he is what with you him you're probably pretty happy about it um I'm not bailing on him I'm not throwing him on the trash heap like you said I'm not going crazy to try and get him because I think it, this is going to be some great thing for his career either
1: all right well uh, coaching staff change is pretty obvious we've already talked about coach Stefanski. Not, not a big three wide receiver set guy that's why I didn't bring up a third wide receiver of note uh, again ran 74% of the time with two tight ends on the field so Even though Njoku may not be a target monster, he may not be the kind of guy that's horrible to have in like a best ball. If you're in a a tight end premium best ball league, I don't mind having Njoku. I could easily see like a, a four for 48 and two touchdown game where he wins you a week in a best ball, but I'm really not interested for Dynasty. And remember, man, Coach Stefanski last year, 30th in pass attempts. Again, protect Baker. You know, Baker is not so talented, even though he was a number one overall pick, that he can overcome and carry a team. Bucky Brooks uses the term tractors and trailers. Tractors drag the team, trailers are drugged by the team. And I think Baker, at this point in his career, there's still plenty of room for growth because he's shown some this year. At this point in his career, he's still a trailer. He's being drugged by the team. So for me, this offense in general is really... Believe it or not, it's a slight stock up. I love the running game. I like the addition of Conklin. I like the addition of Janovich. I really like the addition of Kevin Stefanski. Uh, When I go through and do my season, you know, playoff teams, I could really see Cleveland being in the mix for that new seventh playoff team. Uh, But for me, just in general, from dynasty and fantasy in general for 2020, they're neutral to maybe just a tick on the positive side what about you jerry i think they're a little up
2: and i think it 100 percent has to do with they have a grown man as the head coach and not a brick with a necktie and i think the offensive line is going to give them a chance to have a solid offense so i i think it's a stock up I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're the Super Bowl contender that everybody was hyping up for last year, but I think they're going to be okay. I think, and listen, as a person that is a Lions fan, I can associate with Cleveland fans pretty well. I would be excited to an extent about their situation. I would have a little bit of hope, and I think they're going to see some success, and I think that's going to be good for them. But, eh. There's a lot of, there's a lot of they could still disappoint the hell out of you. So, listen, I'm just glad Freddie Kitchens is gone. That's all I can say. There's too many dynasty assets on that team for Freddie Kitchens to just
1: screw me over. I, I still believe this is going to be a much better NFL team in 2020 than fantasy-rich goldmine outside of that backfield. But there you go, Jerry. We're not quite halfway home. Next week will be about the halfway point. We'll, we'll be through 17 of the 32 teams next week. Right now, we're just through 14. But I, I'm really digging the format, and I'm looking forward to next week's ranking show. We're going to do a couple of more of those ranking shows uh, just to kind of get us into July. Then we'll start doing some other you know Dynasty-related shows. But we're going to talk about running backs next week. We all love running backs.
2: They are the single sexiest aspect of every single
1: Dynasty team. You, you're not a kidding but uh, you got anything else for these fine people before we get them on about their weekend?
2: Nope. Uh, enjoy what you can if your state's opening back up like mine's starting to be safe, but also maybe enjoy some, some food that you've just had a hankering for. Or go get yourself a beer that you've been wanting. Do something. Enjoy your life. We got a a weird time. It's a weird year. Just
1: do things that you enjoy, even if it's for one day. Just do it. Jerry, I got I got two things for you, two two notes to take with you in, into this weekend. You ready? Yep. Fired away. Number one, if you go to a place of like that deals with servers, bartenders, whatever, if that happens to be open, tip, tip well, tip double what you normally tip. These people have been out of work and then they, that uh, they're they're on the bounce back. That that's number one. Number two, if you're not registered to vote in November get off your ass. This is our opportunity. This is our generation or generations. Depends on how old you are if you listen to this. And we can't fumble the ball. We're going to start local in 2020. We're going to uh, impact our local cities and states uh, with a a bigger eye on the nation in 2024. But every vote counts. So if you're not registered, you've got about four and a half months as you're listening to this and, and plenty of time. Uh, Make sure I call out the Patreon and Trophy Smack. Guys, if you're interested in either one of those, just go to the show notes on your podcast feed. And there are hyperlinks to both in there. One-click shopping with both Trophy Smack and with the Dynasty Wars on Patreon. But on half of this uh, bearded, trucker hat-wearing knucklehead, his name's Jerry Sin. You can find him on Twitter, at Jerry Sin. DWZ, I am Memphis. You can find me at DFF Memphis. And here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We will see you back here on Wednesday. Have a good one, guys. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing
2: Dynasty for a year and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat helped me with buys sells and navigating free agency and rookie draft i can't recommend them enough and so join the patreon because if you ain't first you're last